Well, welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. My name is Barry, and we started a series last week called Two Things That You Can Think That Will Change Your Life. Last week, we discussed how everything you do in your life flows out of your thoughts. So if we're looking for something that we can adjust or change in our life to make the biggest impact on our life, the thoughts is a great place to start. We talked about uh, our first thought last week, which was setting our thoughts on things above. And things above are not some abstract concept or we're just dreaming of heaven or something like that. Thoughts above are about God, his will, and specifically what he wants to see in our lives. When we set our thoughts on things above, we will see life from a very different perspective, and that will lead to drastically different actions. So if you've chosen to follow Jesus, setting our thoughts on things above calibrates our life with our new reality in Christ. Today we're going to look at a process that takes place in our minds and our thoughts that if we choose, it can lead to complete transformation. So last week we discussed uh, some, some times when we asked the question, what was I thinking? Today, I want you to think about a time when you had to say, man, that was a bad idea. When I was a kid, my brother and I spent a lot of time at my aunt and uncle's house. We called them Nan and Blob. Uh, we could tell that story a little bit later where they got those names, but uh, we had tons of fun at their house, um, and we spent a lot of time over there. They're extremely creative, and so they gave us some opportunities, we'll call them, uh, at their house that, uh, that we might not have at home. So we did a lot of creative projects and all kinds of crazy stuff, but my uncle would always be up to play games, and one thing that I did one time was uh, I taped pins all over my body, and uh, I got a bunch of water balloons, and I told my uncle, hey, throw these balloons and let's see if I can pop them on the pins, that sort of thing. It wasn't a great idea, but it was really fun, something we did there. Another time, I had gotten this big, uh, a big refrigerator box and I cut out wings and I'd asked my uncle if it would be possible if I could try to see if I could jump off the roof and make it fly. This was an absolutely horrible idea, but again, it was something fun that we could do at my uncle's house. Uh, they never let me do that part, but uh, one time I emptied all the pellets out of a pack of poppin' snaps. Do you remember poppin' snaps? You throw them on the ground, they make a big pop, whatever. Well, I wanted to see what would happen if you emptied out all the, the little grains that are inside of it. So I took a small little candy container and I put all the pellets from that poppin' snaps into that container. And it was, it was kind of amazing. It was like, it waited till the very last one. And something about that last grain falling into the packet made the whole thing explode in my face. It was, a, it was a complete, like a puff of smoke. I couldn't hear out of this ear for like two or three hours. But that was definitely a bad, bad idea. There's a lot of different uh, bad ideas that go through my head uh, regularly that start something like this, and maybe you've done this one. I, you know what, I'm just gonna park here. There's nowhere else to park. There's no way they're gonna be able to enforce this. That, whenever I say that, that's always a bad day. I'm definitely gonna get a, get a ticket. The other one that I say, I have said before, is how about this, one more exit and then I'm gonna pull over for gas. Anytime you say that, that is gonna be a bad idea. So these are all things that you reflect on and you say, man, those were bad ideas that came through my head. Uh, we use this language, good idea, bad idea, but how often do we actually take a step back and look at our thoughts? How often do we take a second and say, what, what's on my mind? 
What, what's on your mind right now? What have I been thinking about? What are the types of things that are going through my head? And if our thoughts are where all the actions of our life flow out of, wouldn't it be helpful if we were a little bit more aware of what was going on in our head? So is our thinking good or bad? How would you even know if you don't, if you don't really think about it? We don't have to twist ourselves in knots, analyzing every thought and trying to figure out is it good or bad or all that sort of thing. But becoming a little bit more aware would be a really, really helpful thing. If you took an inventory of the thoughts that are in your mind or the, the common thoughts that go through your mind, what would you find? You'd probably find some practical thoughts like, uh, you know, I always have on my mind some, a list of things that I need to get done. That's just practical, makes sense that I would have those things on my mind. You'll probably have some emotional thoughts, uh, positive and negative. You're happy that you got this job that you were offered. Uh, maybe you're worried that you're not going to be able to make ends meet. You know, that's a negative thought. Uh, maybe more positive, you'd say, I'm excited to go out with some friends this Friday. Or uh, more negative, I'm afraid of potential danger that's coming up. I don't know if this thing's going to be bad, that sort of thing. So you have these kind of emotional thoughts. Um, you also have thoughts of things that you can't control. A lot of people spend a lot of time thinking about things in their past that they no longer have any control over, but they really affect their future. And the future can actually be the same. It's not something that we can immediately impact right now, but we think about these things that are coming way off in the future and will I live up to my potential? Will I be able to do this thing? Am I gonna be ready when my time comes? These are things that can just take up lots and lots of our time and they're not things that we can immediately control. Uh, thoughts of the past is probably a really big one. A lot of people, their whole future is spent thinking about all the things that happened in their past that they can't really control and they hold on to those things. Uh, that's really, really significant. It, it, it eats up a lot of time, but so could the future. There's a lot of, I mean, I, I have probably more that bent where I can spend so much time thinking about what's coming, will I be ready, all that sort of thing, but it's not something I can actually control. I can only really work on what's today. But those are some things that are going through our heads. Uh, there's also thoughts that cross the line, maybe cross the line of our own personal standard, uh, cross, the, cross the line, we're tempted to cross the line in something in one of our relationships uh, that's going to violate that relationship and mean that person can't trust us. And, and then ultimately, uh, God's boundaries that he sets up. All these things start as thoughts. So if we took an inventory of our mind, that's all the stuff that would be jumbled and bouncing around in our head. And since our thoughts have such an influence on our actions, it would be really helpful if we took a second to be more aware of what is going through our mind and ask the question, what, is these, what do these things produce in my life? What do your thoughts produce in your life? Think about that right now. What have, what's been the outcome? This is critical to be aware of if we want to make changes in the different areas of our life. But today, I want us to focus on a process that's taking place whether you're aware of it or not. Uh, what if I told you there was a process taking place right now that affects the way you think uh, and it's shaping you in a very certain way? Would you, would you want uh, to know about it? Uh, what if this process affected how you saw the things that you own 
and make it to where you can never really be content with the things that you have. Would you want to figure out how to, how to fix that process? What if I told you that this process is, uh, is shaping the way you deal with relationships in such a way uh, that you can never really have healthy relationships and they always kind of go sideways? Would you want to know what that process is? Uh, what if the process affects on, uh, on how you spend your money and, uh, again, makes you uh, spend money on things that you don't really need or, or to impress people, but you don't really know where all that's coming from? Would you want to know about that? Well, luckily for us, Paul tells us exactly about, uh, about this pro uh, process. And what we're going to look at today is a book called Romans, which last week we, we looked at a book called Colossians. And Colossians was a letter from the same guy named Paul. This is also a letter to a church in Rome that's kind of in a similar spot. And most of this letter, it was written uh, to help people get on track with God and answer some real questions that were going around at the time. Uh, but I think this, uh, this passage that we're going to read is going to open us up to a process that's taking place right now inside of you and I and a choice that we have to make if we're going to, uh, if we're going to live for Christ. So the passage that we're going to read today is uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, and if you were reading a long letter and someone just introduces you to the subject right in the middle, you probably would want to read back to try to figure out what was going on. And I can give you this, this summary. Paul was writing to this church at Rome and its new believers and there were a bunch of questions going on. Some of them were from Jewish backgrounds, and some of them had no relationship to God at all. And there were a lot of questions about following the old laws of the old religions. So Paul is, uh, is helping them move forward. So he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in, God, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So now that they'd gotten all the questions and answers out of the way, Moving forward, we're looking at God's mercy, the mercy he showed us at the cross, that our sins are no longer counted against us, and we have the opportunity to live a new reality moving forward, a way not held down by all those old sins. He's saying, present your body as a, as a sacrifice to God. But the second part is really what we're going to focus on today, because this is really the process that we're looking at. Uh, do not conform to the pattern of this world. So why does Paul start with this, this command, do not conform to the pattern of this world? Well, I would say it's because, number one, this process is absolutely taking place. There's a process that all humans are walking through where we're conforming to the pattern of the world that we live in. In some ways, uh, we may be aware of this process taking place, but in other ways, it's just, it's just happening. Uh, if we don't do something different, then it's definitely going to happen to us. We are just naturally going to conform to the pattern of the world. So there's a guy named J.B. Phillips who wrote a translation of the Bible, and it's a little bit more of a paraphrase and kind of normal everyday English. 
And he translates this passage as, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. And I really, really like the way that's said. Uh, my wife and I just got back from vacation and every single day we were away, uh, my son and I played on the beach and we made little sandcastles using this little mold that he has. And honestly, again, I've been around for a long time. I've made a lot of sandcastles in my life. I'm still amazed at how whenever I flip that little mold over and put it down, you pull it away and the sand stays in the exact shape of that mold. It almost doesn't seem like it would actually happen, but it does every single time because it's squeezed into that mold. So that's literally what's happening with us over time in our relationship to the world. We're being squeezed into a mold that's around us. And what is this pattern of the world that we're squeeze, uh, the world squeezes us into? What is the pattern this world is squeezing us into? Uh, the pattern of this world uh, that we're squeezed into relates to really the world's appeal to our desires. It's really difficult not to get squeezed into this mold because we want it. It's, it's the desires that are in our heart. It's all the things that we want in this world. The pattern of this world is really easy. So in uh, the book of Matthew, Jesus gives the example of a broad road and a narrow road. And he basically says that the world is basically on this broad road. It's really easy and a lot of people are on it. Uh, but God is calling us to a narrow way. It's harder, there's less people on it, and it's counter basically to the way of the world. Uh, and basically, that's why we get squeezed into this mold, and then is because it's harder, it's, it's different. It's not an easy path the way uh, the world's mold is. And the pattern of the world is popular. Uh, we, as humans, most of the time, we, don't, we do not want to stand out. We want to do what other people are doing. We want to be normal. And so when we look at the pattern the world has, it's, it's the one that everybody's going after. It's the most popular way. Uh, it may seem like when you look at all these things that, we, that we're up against, that we are naturally being shaped and molded into a way of life that's easy, it comes natural to us, other people are doing it, it's not difficult at all. It seems like, well, if I have Christ and I'm following him, why bother changing? Why bother doing something different? Well, the, the question we have to ask ourselves is, what is the result of just going with the flow and going with the world's pattern? Well, there are definite consequences that come out of doing things the world's way. If we just go with our desires and we do what comes natural, uh, we are, we are going to na uh, have natural consequences, just things that come up in everyday life that are consequences of those actions. But the other thing is, is that this is not a life that God's going to bless. In fact, uh, when we walk according to the world's pattern, that just invites God's punishment. And so that, that is definitely not the way we want to be going. The other thing is that the world's, uh, the world's pattern will not lead to God's blessing. So if we're looking for God's blessing in this world, we need to learn a new way of, of living. So we can't go after this uh, being conformed to the pattern of this world. And then the final thing is that if you're just conformed to the pattern of this world, uh, you're not truly free. When you just go with the flow and you follow the world's pattern, we're just going based on our desires and we're not free to really make a choice. Uh, in Christ, there is complete freedom. We could choose to do the wrong things after following Christ, 
but we also have the freedom to do what's right and what, what's right before God. And so it opens up opportunities for us that we don't have when we're just going with the flow. So one thing that we just want to keep our eyes thought, uh, fixed on is that we don't want to just drift into life. If we conform to the pattern of this world, we are going to miss out on the life that God has for us in Christ. So it calls us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have these two options. We can, we can, we can conform or we can be transformed. So how do we do this? So if we're going to choose to do something different uh, from conforming, we must choose to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It starts here. It starts in our minds. So like we've been talking about, there's lots of thoughts and things that we need to, to look at and we need to renew. So what does a transformed mind look like? Well, it's kind of the opposite of what the conformed, uh, the conformed mind looks like. It's in line with God's ways. Uh, it's counter to the world's pattern. It gives us freedom to choose. We could choose to do something else, but honestly, after we've tasted God's blessing from doing things His way, we do not want to veer back to our old way. It brings blessing from God. It brings fullness of life. And in fact, it opens us up to a new way of life that's just not possible in our natural way. When we allow our minds to be transformed, it might be the same physical brain but it truly does open us up to new reality. And it, and it concludes, uh, this passage concludes with this little statement that says, basically, uh, then you'll be able to know God's will for your life. One result of transformation is that you understand God's will. This is extremely helpful as we look to the future and try to figure out all sorts of things. When we know uh, or we have a sense of God's will, at least his general will for our lives, we're not so panicky to try to figure out what the future is. We can trust God and move into the future confidently. But this comes from time and time again, choosing to do things God's ways and renewing our minds. And this is also powerful in our walk with God because as we are renewed by Him and we see Him come through and, is, and be faithful to the way He says the world is, we grow closer to Him and we trust Him, which is what we really need to walk with God over a long period of time. So the main point is, if you do not intentionally transform, you will conform. So we need to be aware of all this stuff so that we can choose to be transformed rather than just float through life and conform to the pattern of this world. So how would you renew your, your mind if you wanted to do it? Paul doesn't spell this out uh, specifically in this passage. But there is a passage in a book called Ephesians where he spells out a couple things that relate directly to this. And in Ephesians 4, 20 through 24, let's read that together. It says uh, that, however, is not the way, you, uh, the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we see these two things that Paul says to do. If we want to, to be renewed in, the, uh, in our minds, we want to put off our old self, which is basically the old self is conformed to the pattern of this world. So we're going to reject those things. We're going to put those off. But then we're not just going to stop there. We're going to be made new in the attitudes of our mind 
and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's the same, pretty much the same thing as being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then Paul kind of helps us get a better idea of what all this means by putting in three different examples. So in verse 25, he talks about lying. And he says that basically you, you take off lying and you put on speaking truth. So you don't just take something off and say, oh, I'm not going to do it. A lot of people look at the different commands in the Bible and they think, oh, God's just going to tell me all these things I need to say no to. But there's actually an old way that we're taking off lying and we're putting on a new way, speaking the truth. In verse 28, we also see uh, he talks about stealing. And if you want to change stealing, you don't just take off stealing and, uh, and you don't just, you know, get a job or that sort of thing. He actually flips it and says, you take off stealing, you put on work that leads to sharing with others. So we're taking off stealing, taking, and we become a person who gives, contributor. So we're taking off an old way and putting on a new way. And then finally, in verse 29, we see another example. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So again, this person with unwholesome talk, they don't just take off unwholesome talk, but they put on words that build people up. So another verse that's really helpful in figuring out what we need to do to renew our minds is uh, Philippians 2.13. And it says, For it is God who works in us to will and to act in order to uh, fulfill his good purpose. Uh, it's good that we know this process of taking off the old and putting on the new. And we need, we need that. Uh, we need to know that we can, uh, we can take off the old way and have an opportunity to do a new way. But we also need to be reminded that we really need God in this process. And if it isn't for his help, we're not going to be able to pull this off. And again, if you look through all the things that Paul says, he, he talks over and over about this change that takes place in our minds. And then he leads right into all these different changes that happen in our behavior. But they do not happen apart from relying on Jesus Christ for that change in our lives. So we need him. Uh, so how can I choose to renew my mind? Well, let me give you two examples of things that I've seen in my own life that have been extremely helpful uh, that I've changed through the same process. The first one is worry. And this can be a real problem because it eats up time. It causes us to focus on a problem rather than, uh, than the other things that we need to be doing in our lives. And it's all around just not helpful. And again, I, my whole, most of my life, I have not been a person that worries very much. I'm a pretty even keeled person. I'm go with the flow. Uh, but this last year, you know, obviously we had the pandemic and all that sort of thing, but I had a lot of things that were going on, uh, a lot more stress at work. We had just had a kid. And in the middle of all that, uh, my wife had some health issues. We had to go to the hospital. And I remember sitting in the lobby and just being really, really stressed out and worried about things that were coming up and thinking, oh my gosh, financially, you know, there's so much that we need to be doing. And it seems like I'm taking more time off of work for the baby and all that sort of thing. And I was getting really, really worried. And God helped me to, to remember 
a verse that I was like, you know what, I need to nail that down and memorize it. And it's Philippians 4, 6. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but, with, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And, uh, and that is a verse that's helped me to take off worry and put on something different. To put on relying on God's help by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, with an attitude of thanksgiving, because God has done so many great things for my life. And so when I have that right mindset, I take off the old worry and put on that new mindset. I've seen things change pretty drastically. Uh, this gave me a lot of peace in the midst of a lot of difficult things that probably would have crushed me before. And it helped me navigate a lot of uncertainty in a year that was extremely uncertain. So I didn't have to deal as much with the worry. Now, there was all kinds of other things I needed to figure out and all that sort of thing. But, but there was peace in my mind during this time. And over and over again, God showed himself faithful during this time. And again, it just built my, my faith in him. So I'm deeply thankful that I found that passage of scripture. Uh, the second thing, a uh, second area where I've seen my mind renewed, and again, I'm still in the process of renewing, is in the area of my work. And I'm not afraid of working hard. In fact, I really like to take a task and really get after it. But one thing uh, that I can struggle with is losing focus on why am I even doing this job. And for me, uh, the way I'm wired, if, if I don't know why I'm doing something, if I don't feel like it's part of my bigger mission, it really discourages me and it ends up just burning me out. I don't feel like doing it. Uh, but there's two verses in uh, Colossians 3, 23 and 24 uh, that have really helped me in this. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not earthly masters. Since, uh, since you know that you will, you will receive a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. And again, for many years, I've kept that on my desk. And this helps me to take off that discouragement to just take off that old way of thinking, that discouragement about my work, and to put on very clear motivation. I work for God, and what I do on a daily basis is part of the bigger, uh, the bigger purpose of what God's trying to accomplish in my life uh, on, a, on just a normal old day. And that gives me a lot of energy, it gives me a lot of confidence, and it helps me get through seasons when it just seems like this is a complete waste of time. Uh, so that's been really, really helpful. I know, though, that if, uh, if you think about your own life, there's probably something specific that you're looking at right now that you, you would say, you know what, that needs to be renewed for me. Um, I want to talk through a couple next steps that would be helpful for you to be able to make some traction in this process of renewing your mind. But the first thing, I do want to recommend a resource that may be helpful to you. It's a resource called Changing Your Thought Patterns by George Sanchez. And it's a little book, uh, really small. If you looked it up on Amazon right now, you'll see it's worth like a million dollars because they just it's out of print. So it's, it's like a 12-page booklet. And so I'm not going to tell you about a resource that you can't get. So, uh, but I will say I have found this thing to be really helpful. And I found a PDF online of this. And I'd love to offer that to you. If, uh, if you would like that resource, if you think that would be something that would be helpful for you, uh, we'd love to email that to you. Uh, just make a, a note on your connection card and uh, we'll get that to you. 
So three next steps that may be helpful for you to apply this message. The first thing is identify one thought that you need to renew. Now you might have all kinds of thoughts you feel like you need to renew, but pick one out. What is the one thing that's kind of bubbling to the surface that you said, man, I need God's help in this pattern of thinking in my mind. Think that through. The second thing is find out what the Bible says about that topic. And maybe you're thinking, you know what, I'm kind of new to the scripture. I don't really know how to find these things. Ask for help. Find somebody that, uh, that wouldn't mind uh, looking it over with you. Uh, who are people in the church that you've seen that you look at their life and you say, man, those people walk with God. That's a great place to start in finding answers to your questions about the Bible. So, uh, so maybe that's what you need to do. Find out what the Bible says about the topic. And then finally, I would suggest that you ask God for help. Uh, we can find the exact answer and know exactly what to do, but we really need God's help to apply these things, to see our minds renewed. There's a lot of wisdom in the world that people chase after, uh, a lot of things that people are trying to do to be, uh, to grow. Uh, there's a lot of self-help and all that sort of thing out there. Uh, but apart from walking with Christ, this renewal process is nothing. And so I'd encourage you uh, to get God involved in the process. So uh, I hope this was really helpful to you today and gives you at least some next steps in your process of renewing the thoughts uh, in your mind. Uh, let's, uh, let's pray together as we close. Dear God, uh, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be together and to read from your word. God, uh, our minds are full of all sorts of things, but we pray for your help to renew our minds, that we would choose to be aware of the conforming process that's natural, and we would choose instead to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I pray that you would help us to identify thoughts that need to be renewed, uh, that we would find out what your word says, and that we would choose to take that to you and ask for your help to do it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll uh, see you next week.